The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, Bills Mafia? It is your host, AJ Sabalski, here with another edition of AJ's Analysis. We have a lot to talk about today. Obviously, a big matchup uh, for the Bills and Cowboys coming up this weekend. And the Bills and Chiefs game last week, the Bills go into Arrowhead and win for a third straight regular season. The first team to ever do that to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You know, pretty interesting that the Bills have had such success in the regular season against the Chiefs the last three seasons and now, you know, are having a little bit of trouble in the playoffs against them. But today I am joined by no one other than Alex Brasky. He is uh, from Batavia Daily News. He's the editor over there. He's also the editor for Bill's Digest, editor for Livingston County News, and play-by-play for Varsity Media. So he does it all. Thanks for joining me today, Alex. How are you today? I'm doing well, AJ. Thanks for having me. Excited to get going here. Excited to be back in the realm of relevance here with the Bills as they head back into the playoff chase after it seemed like their hopes were fading away. Yeah, so this Bills versus Chiefs recap. Bills win 20-17. to 17. Um, I want to start with, obviously, the big talking points of the game. First off, the Kadarius-Tony conversation lines up in the, you know, on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and the refs call it. Um, Andy Reid came out and said, you know, they were all complaining about it, saying that Kadarius-Tony wasn't being warned all game, and then they call it right there in that moment, blah, 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 all this stuff. I want to ask you, um, do you agree with the call? Should it even have been questioned? Um, And, like, kind of just – your thoughts on that ending and how the Bills are able to escape. First off, I do understand the Chiefs questioning the call. It is a call that you don't see very often, albeit it has been called much more often this year. I believe 11 times this year versus, I think, under five last year and maybe two the year before. So it's certainly been more of a point of emphasis this year. So I can understand the Chiefs being a bit frustrated. Andy Reid, a longtime coach, Patrick Mahomes being a veteran in this league, not having seen that call very often and having it go against them in such a critical time. Certainly, I understand the frustration, but to be as belligerent with their frustration as they were after the game really just screamed of unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, for, for lack of a better phrase, I guess, because... You don't you hear Sean McDermott get asked about the officials every game. He takes the high road, uh, refuses to comment on it, as most coaches do, and as I'm sure Andy Reid has done often throughout his career. But he decided to go the other way. You saw Patrick Mahomes interacting with Josh Allen at midfield. Uh, but that being said, correct call. You heard Roger Goodell uh, speak, I believe, on Wednesday night, and he said he found it ironic that he was addressing a correct call made by the officials, and I have to agree with him. 
Yeah, I'm going to totally agree with you, Alex. I think very well said. And that leads right into the next conversation, the Patrick Mahomes-Josh Allen interaction. I want to get to that real quick. Obviously, after the game, Josh Allen wants to go shake hands with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, prior to this, like at the end of the fourth quarter, was already enraged with frustration about what had just happened, saying you can't make that call at that time. He kind of said the same thing to Josh at the end of the game. Um, You know, I kind of took an issue with it, uh, in, in my opinion, just because of the fact that I think Josh, and I guess it's, people are different, so it's it's not an apples to apples comparison here, but Josh throughout his career has had these, you know, hard losses. And I know Josh Allen is one of the biggest competitors. You watch him every Sunday. You watch him do kind of whatever it takes to win and, and make plays that are like, I you know, jaw dropping. But uh, I, I thought Mahomes should have tried to show a little bit more respect to Josh at the end of the game. I know Josh did respond um, to Mahomes. They, they did talk after the game and Josh said, you know, it's a, it's a competitive game. It's football. He wants to win. I didn't take any offense to it. And Patrick Mahomes also did apologize for how he acted saying that it was kind of unnecessary. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? And did, did the sequence of that, you know, knowing this rivalry, knowing that Josh and Josh had to confront Mahomes after a 13 seconds blunder in the playoffs and did so respectfully, did, did it bother you at all, or was it kind of just like, eh, heat of the moment, emotional, um, time to move on? Yeah, I, I think it was more a problem for those on the outside than it was for the Josh Allen-Patrick Mahomes relationship. Those guys know each other off the field. There's been enough of a bond created there through some of their uh, high-profile activities. You saw them go against each other in the match. So I think there's a respect there off the field that one instance isn't going to change that. But I think it was more of an optics thing. For Mahomes, that looked terrible going to midfield after a tough loss like that. As you said before, Josh Allen has suffered plenty of tough losses throughout his career, namely to Patrick Mahomes in that 13 seconds game. And and as you said, he he interacted with him respectfully after the game. So I thought Mahomes owed him the same courtesy, and I'm sure a lot of Bills fans did too. So I think it's going to be more of a point of contention between Bills fans and Chiefs fans, more so than it will be between Allen and Mahomes or the Bills and Chiefs. I think when you're a player in the game and in the moment, I think you understand where a player is coming from in that circumstance. But from the outside looking in, it certainly wasn't a good look. Yeah, and I'm sure in hindsight, like you said, Alex, uh, I think in terms of the organizations, the players themselves, it's not that big of a deal. Like uh, there's been many uh, examples of frustrations from players in big moments and emotional times. So it's not like this is a, thing but I, I you're right from the optics side of it it did look bad from that that point of view so um I want to get into the football side of things now uh let's start with James Cook 10 carries 58 yards uh five receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown so over 130 yards combined in total yards actually 140 uh and a touchdown what do you make of his performance First question, and do you want to see him on the field more? He only had 44% of the snaps in this one. Well, yeah, that was going to be my assessment of his performance. Just fantastic, but we need to see him more, particularly down the stretch in games. I know that they're probably worried about his ability in pass protection, but the only way he's going to learn is if he's out there in those situations. And his production when he's given the ball is just off the charts. He's I believe the Bills franchise leader right now in terms of yards per carry for a season. He's up there near the top of the league in that regard on the year. He's been incredible, both running the ball out of the backfield and now increasing his production, catching the ball out of the backfield, five receptions in this game. And moving forward into this Cowboys game, 
with defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins out in this game, I think Cook could really explode for another big game. It's just going to be dependent upon Joe Brady to really trust him down the stretch. And maybe it's not Joe Brady. Maybe it's the overall coaching staff. But I, I think you need to put James Cook out there more often, especially in crunch time when you're trying to solidify a win. In the last 17 minutes of game time against the Chiefs, he only touched the ball twice. So that, that that's not enough in crunch time. I think James Cook is is obviously one of the keys to this offense. He and Josh Allen really leading the way over the last several weeks. So he needs to be given the ball a bit more often and, and be on the field a bit more often than he has been in crunch time in recent weeks. Yes, yeah, 789 yards this season, 211 yards away from becoming the first running back since LaShawn McCoy to reach that 1,000-yard uh, mark rushing. He's already uh, you know surpassed the 1,000 total yard mark. Um, so, again, it's a good jump from a player that they didn't quite – understand how to utilize under Dorsey. Uh, it, it felt at times Dorsey would kind of implement it, but then that would be like a one-game sample size. they get away from it. Joe Brady's shown consistency. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, and he's an element to this offense that they can bring and continue to add. Now, because of this, and I think Joe Brady, again, when he was brought in, was a tight end, running back, heavy guy. That That's kind of what he was talked about. He did really well in Carolina, even with the subpart team. DJ Moore went over a thousand yards. Robbie Anderson or Robbie Chosen now at the time was really good there as well. So they had multiple guys contributing to that Panthers team. One guy for the Bills, and I'll ask if you're worried about him and then I'll give my opinion, is Stefan Diggs. There's been some talk about him. Um, Eric Turner from Cover One did note that some people are complaining about his drops. He does have a lower drop rate um, this year than last year. Now he has had a couple more drops in the last few games, but um, in terms of drop rate over the season, he does have a lower drop rate this year. In his last four games, Alex, 17 catches for 159 yards and one touchdown. Now, I'm not saying he could do that in one week, um, but 159 yards and one touchdown is something that you've seen Stephon Diggs do uh, here and there with the Bills in one game. So what are your thoughts on Stephon Diggs, and are you worried about him at all with this new offensive coordinator and Joe Brady? Or is he a wide receiver one? Do you think that maybe some teams have done a good job of taking him away and the bills have done a good job of getting other guys involved. Yeah, I think it is what you said at the very end there. I think it's really a factor of both of those things. I think it's teams have really focused on him after his hot start to the season, but since Joe Brady has come in, I think that they've increased their focus on getting other members of this offense involved in hopes of really unleashing this group's full capability. And you see it with cook, uh, you've seen it with Dalton Kincaid, who's taken a step forward. Deontay Hardy finally made a catch that was meaningful. Uh, so, and, and now working Dawson Knox back into the mix. Gabe Davis is still on a milk carton somewhere, but they are doing a better job getting people involved. And I think that that has really led to Stefan Diggs maybe taking a step back in terms of his production. And you mentioned the drops. He's had some opportunities to come up with big catches. And just like everybody else in this offense, it seems, he's taken his turn making a few mistakes over these past few weeks. Not worried about him per se, uh, but but I, I think that there have been factors that have played into his 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 down uh, his decrease in, in production uh, over the past few weeks. And I think as, as the regular season moves along over these past few weeks and if they're able to get into the postseason, I think we'll take uh, or we'll see Stefan Diggs take a step back in the forefront within this offense. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that, I'm kind of weird with Stephon Diggs. Like, I, I agree. I think he should get his target share. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. But you're seeing what this offense can still be without him. And I'm not saying he hasn't contributed at all. Um, He has had moments like the Eagles game. He had a big touchdown catch. But I, I just think that this Bills offense, 
the more they put on tape and the more they put on film, the ability to get others involved, the better it is for Stefan Diggs down the stretch here. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, again, he is 30 years old, so I don't know how many years of his prime he has left, but he's still playing some of his best football of his career. So I'm not too worried either. All right. Well, there has been some mention of that, that he may be wearing down uh, at this point of the season, maybe need some fresh legs here down the stretch, but I really haven't seen any sign of that. We'll continue to monitor that as we move forward, though, I guess. Yeah, they, I mean, they just came off a of bye week, Alex. You think he'd be, you know, it's not like he's, uh, he went on his fashion tour. He he posts, some, he's he's one of the best fashion dudes in the league. Like the guy, you can say whatever you your opinion on it, but the, the fact of the matter is the dude has fashion. So um, he was doing that in his bye week, and I don't really think he was doing much of football, which again, I don't think there's much to the, his legs are getting there. I, I think even last year you saw him have a kind of a stretch where he kind of went quiet. Um, so again, I don't think there, it's that much to worry about. I want to move to the guy throwing him the football, Josh Allen. His performance. Uh, I'll start with this one. I, I want to say that I don't know if he had a great game. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say Josh Allen dominated. Josh Allen, you know, won that football game, all this stuff. But what Josh Allen did uh, was made enough plays to win. The Deontay Hardy throw that you mentioned earlier. Great throw. Sidearm. Guy right in his face. Two feet standing. Flick the ball. Get your shoulders turned. Make a great throw. Don Kincaid throw on fourth and one. Scrambles to the right evades kind of pressure stops kind of looking around what, what do i do what do i do and then makes a nice sidearm throw to don kincaid to move the chains they end up scoring on that drive with the josh allen uh what, what i don't know kind of mcgovern you might have a better idea but kind of mcgovern said some, something along the lines of there was a lot of grunting in that uh pile when josh allen scored that rushing touchdown where they pushed him about five yards and then the latavius murray throw um one of the best plays if not the best play i've seen from a quarterback fading away out of bounds um over the shoulder you can debate whether Latavius Murray caught that ball, but the way that the Ross called that game earlier with the Travis Kelsey drop catch, whatever that was, uh, I think it was the right play, and I think he had or the right call, and I think Latavius Murray just had three steps in to get you know complete the process of the catch. Josh Allen, twenty three of forty two, two hundred thirty three yards, two total touchdowns and one interception. What are your thoughts on his performance against the Chiefs? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he was great outside of that interception. Uh, that was a critical interception. It did turn the tide. It helped lead to the Chiefs' first points. But he he was great. Uh, one touchdown against that interception, fifty eight yards rushing, and 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 like you said, that that run on the on the tush push there that everybody seemed to get involved on. Uh, just just wouldn't be denied on that play. And his implementation into the running game increased. It has increased over the past few weeks, and I think that's really factored into the Bills' production increasing overall offensively. Giving that multi-dimensional look to a defense is really a game-changer, especially when it comes to Allen. It helps him really get more into the game, I think, and helps him make those highlight real plays. And you, you see him get up to 10 carries this past week, really laying it all on the line. And you heard Sean McDermott say it yesterday, you got to do what you got to do at this time of year, and the Bills are doing it, Allen is doing it. And now it's going to come down to either a three and one or four and zero oh stretch here to, to push them into the playoffs. Allen now leads the NFL in total touchdowns with 35 and total yards, 3,821. Alex is MVP. Again, I think going against the probably top candidate for MVP quick, quick second. I know we're talking about it later, but Dak Prescott, he, he has a lot of naysayers, but again, I think he's putting together one of his best seasons, only six interceptions. Uh, so I think he's doing a really good job is Josh Allen. And the MVP, a realistic conversation, if you can rattle off four straight down the year. 
That that I agree with. I was going to say that if if he can rattle off four straight wins and win the division and, and stun the Dolphins, I think that's the only chance he has. And I think it's going to take some help with Dak taking a step back. He's been incredible over the last eight games, 69 percent completion percentage, averaging 305 yards per game, 23 touchdowns against two interceptions. I mean, th- that is just MVP level stuff. So at this point, I'd be surprised if Prescott didn't win the MVP, but that's dependent upon him continuing that pace or 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 some somewhere close to it over these next four games. It starts this week in Buffalo, where Dallas is not that good on the road. All three losses have come on the road, and they're they're two and two outdoors this season. And their statistics have taken kind of a step back when they go outdoors and and playing in Buffalo. Although it's not expected to be typical late December Buffalo weather. Uh, it is a, a bit colder than inside the cushy uh, confines of AT&T Stadium. So I, I think Dak will be tested this week. Bill's defense has been playing well, but I think it's going to take a lot for Allen to force his way back into the MVP convo. But if he does go 4-0 and and continues his pace, I believe he will have a chance. Especially rattling off wins over the Chiefs. I mean, it would be, it would be if he, in this case, Chiefs, Cowboys, Dolphins in a five-week period with – when your team was six and six, to, to pull that off would be pretty impressive. Right, and the performance against the Eagles—they lost that game, but that certainly wasn't uh, due to him. He played phenomenal in that game. Yep. And now f- let's flip flip the switch here to the defense. Uh, I thought Mahomes struggled in this game. Defensive line, I thought, got good pressure on him. Uh, they did a good job of keeping Mahomes in check in terms of scrambling. He in the past he's had his moments like thir- that thirteen seconds game, that first drive. Patrick Mahomes basically used his legs that whole drive, converted like a third and. 15 plus in that drive with his legs uh, almost scored a touchdown with his legs on that first drive. So he, and this year he's on pace to break his rushing yard totals and his rushing attempt totals. He only had one carry for eight yards in this game. Um, so again, I thought the Bales did a really good job. You saw Jalen hurts kind of have some success. I thought Terrell Dodson had some trouble uh, with spying, but I thought the bills did a really good job of spying this week, uh, made the adjustment on the bye week and did a really good job of keeping Mahomes in check with his legs Big plays on defense come from Christian Brentford, who forced a fumble, and A.J. Epinesa with the interception. Um, the Bills didn't score points off these drives, but again, anytime you can take Mahomes off the field, um, it's a good thing. So just your thoughts on the defensive performance. Ed Oliver also had a, a, a tip a tip ball in crunch time and had half a sack. Um, so just, just your thoughts on this defensive performance, and then we can get into these playoffs and uh, expectations moving, uh, coming up. Yeah, I thought the pass rush did a great job corralling Mahomes inside the pocket. I wrote that. In my pregame five takes on the dailynewsonline.com, I thought that that was critical, as it has been over the past number of years. Bills have not been able to do a good job keeping Mahomes in the pocket, as you mentioned, but I thought this past week they did a phenomenal job of doing so. Ed Oliver has a career high in sacks this year, affecting balls at the line of scrimmage, putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks week after week. And and Von Miller, you you saw, take a, a small step forward uh, against the Chiefs with that knee brace off for the first time since injuring his knee last Thanksgiving. They said that it was going to take a year to get that brace off. It did, and now with it off, hopefully for the Bills, he can start to get going. That is, if his off-the-field circumstances uh, remain kind of kind of stagnant as they are currently. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out and, and how the Bills' defense really performs moving forward. Uh, we, continuing to be without Matt Milano, but perhaps getting Daquan Jones back in the coming weeks. You heard Sean McDermott mention that 
I think it was last week that that Jones will have a chance to come back. He's kind of in the, I think he said red or, or yellow trending toward green or, or, or something. He used some sort of traffic light analogy. In between, I think he said in between red and yellow yeah. and then trending towards green. So right. I think they're right. kind of ramping him up, but he's not fully there yet. Right. And uh, if you get him back, that'll only help matters up front. Uh, but, but yeah, the Bills' defense has been performing well. And really, the, the big thing in this game was they were able to close it out. They let up that drive to begin the second half, let the Chiefs kind of march right down the field. But right after that, they they settled in and and only uh, allowed the, the field goal the rest of the way. So uh, the Bills' defense really stepping up and, and, and putting the offense in position to win last week. That was Bills' Chiefs. Bills win 22-17 in Arrowhead again for the third straight regular season in a row. Quick segment on the Bills' playoff chances. All of this is according to the New York Times model, and I'll have a question for Alex here at the end of it. Bills got a lot of help last week. Texans win, or Texans lose. Colts lose. Steelers lose. Dolphins lose. Um, and then, obviously, the biggest thing was the Bills beating the Chiefs, which now looks like it was a must-win game. If the Bills dropped that game, it would not have been pretty. They went into the week with a 15% chance to make the playoffs. Now they're at a 49% chance to make the playoffs and a 23% chance to win the division. The Dolphins finish with Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Again, that's a tough stretch. Again, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. The Dolphins have – I'm not going to say they're reeling, but or that they're, they're getting figured out. But their defense concerns me and what Tua can do at an off-script kind of thing. I, I'm worried about the Dolphins in that aspect. The Bills are right back in it for the AFC East. Can they do it, Alex? Or are you more confident with them kind of sneaking into that seventh wild-card spot? Yeah, hey, don't don't count out the Jets this week. You saw Zach Wilson really take a step forward this past week uh, in, in in the Jets' win over the Texans, thirty to six. Wilson over three hundred yards in that game. So with the Jets' defense, and if Wilson can put forth another admirable performance like that, uh, perhaps the Jets sneak one out against the Dolphins this week, and that would make things mighty interesting. And Miami could be without Tyree Kill in that game, considered day to day after hurting that ankle uh, in in that crazy loss to the Titans this past week. But, yeah, it, my, Miami has its flaws, and, and those flaws are winning games against quality teams. They couldn't even win one against the Titans last week, and that's not to say the Bills haven't had their own trouble uh, beating inferior opponents, but that's certainly been a problem for the Dolphins over the past number of years, and, and, and Coach Mike McDaniel, his offense seems to rip into, as I said before, in, inferior opponents a lot of the time. But but when it comes uh, to, to, to playing teams that are either on par or, or a bit better than the Dolphins, they, they really don't step up to the challenge very well offensively. Uh, and they have yet to prove themselves in a big game this season. We'll see how they do down the stretch. They do have a, a tough schedule with, with those matchups against the Cowboys and the Ravens. Uh, but but I think that, that this week against the Jets could be a little uh, straining for, for Miami. It's funny because I went into this, like, I've kind of thought ever since they got to like six and five and they kind of just have been such an inconsistent football team this year. I really thought the division out of the, was out of the question. Now I'm sitting here like thinking that week 18, you look at the Dolphins are at four losses. You drop one of the next three, you're at five losses. And then you're going into that game against the Bills, who have the tiebreaker over you um, if they win, if they beat you twice, obviously. And then the Bills could go into that game 10 and 6. Bills win, they're both 11 and 6. Bills get in. Or the Dolphins say, well, we can't, we haven't proven to beat anybody. So they drop, you know, two of their three games to, you know, 
they play the Ravens and Cowboys again, which are really good teams. And then the Bills can even drop this Cowboys game this week, which we're going to turn to in a, here in a bit. And the Bills can go into that game nine and seven with still a chance to win the division. So the division for me right now, it's at a 23% chance, but with the way the Dolphins have played, the, the questions I have with this offense, when Tyree kill, like you mentioned with that ankle injury, when he's not out there, it's just a whole different beast for the Dolphins. They, they do struggle. It was proven against a Titans team that, again, allowed Gardner Minshew to demoralize them the, the week prior. So I, I think that there's something there with the division. I still think the wild card is the most realistic. But, again, that division, man, I think it's wide open. And the Bills can reclaim – not reclaim – win the AFCs for the fourth straight season, which, again, a couple weeks ago, that was almost impossible. So um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that would be something if that Week 18 game – in Miami, uh, decided the division. That'd be quite the matchup for the NFL and and all football fans everywhere. A rematch of that that game earlier in the season, and and the Bills, the way that they've turned things around in the blink of an eye amidst the controversy has just been unbelievable. With with the article coming out regarding Sean McDermott, and and as I mentioned before, the the off-field allegations surrounding Von Miller and and to come out with the win over the Chiefs, I certainly think that now, having won the game, it can be a galvanizing moment for this team, and and we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. All right, we're moving to injuries. Um, Only on the Bills' side, I haven't really checked up on the the Cowboys' injury report, but I just want to focus on the Bills in this one because there are quite a – not quite a bit, but there are some that popped up this week. Sean McDermott said Micah Hyde and Epinesa are both week-to-week yesterday. Um, and his presser, Dalton Kincaid, is day-to-day with a shoulder. Also, is on the injury report with a thumb injury, so that's interesting. Uh, Alex, any injuries to add that I missed um, on that injury report going into this one? Yeah, I uh, lost lost you for a second. Did you mention Taron Johnson dealing with the ankle injury? Yeah, he, but he spoke to the media yesterday, so I, I'm expecting that he'll play this week. Usually, if there's any chance that a player might be out, they don't put him in front of the media. Uh, he, did, he did talk to the media yesterday, so expecting that Johnson will likely play shorter. Uh, Justin Shorter, the rookie wide receiver, having his 21-day window opened. I'm not sure if there's a chance that we'll see him uh, get back onto the roster this year. I don't think the Bills really were confident in his ability coming out of training camp. And I think this 21-day window, as it's been mentioned by many others, might just be a chance to, to get him some practice time with the team here get him a chance to, to work out some of the, that hard work, as Sean McDermott said, that he's been putting in over the past few months and, and just give him a chance to, to show his stuff uh, over this 21-day window, and then perhaps we'll see him go back on the shelf. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. As you've seen throughout the season, the Bills haven't uh, been had a surplus of talent at the wide, wide receiver position. That's for sure. They've struggled to get the ball uh, to wide receivers, not named Stephon Diggs consistently, but – I, I don't think we'll see the rookie at this point in the season. Von Miller uh, was provided a veteran rest day again to begin the week. I think that worked well for him last week, or at least the team thought so. So giving him that opportunity once again. And Coach McDermott did not rule out Micah Hyde or A.J. Epineza going to IR. Uh, he said that uh, we'll see in terms of that. I, I think that Hyde would have a... I don't want to say better chance. It's not a, a good way to phrase it, but I think there's more of a chance, I should say, that Hyde would go to IR with that recurring stinger injury than than Epineza. But we'll see. Uh, Von Miller's uh, increased production this past week certainly bodes well if Epineza is to 
miss extended time. They're going to need his efforts and, and others to step up. Maybe we'll see more of Shaq Lawson. Uh, but I, I, it would be a big loss if Hyde is, is to go on IR. He hasn't played his best football this year, but just his leadership on the field, I think, is a big deal for the Bills, especially missing Milano in the middle of that D. Yeah. Reported by Nick Sabato from the Niagara Gazette, uh, Kyer Elam tore a ligament in his foot in preseason and tried to play through it. Uh, again, Christian Benford and Razul Douglas have been really solid for this team. I don't think, in my opinion, that he ever – my question to you was, do you see a realistic chance for Elam to see the field again this year? I don't just because of the depth they have there. But what are your thoughts on Elam, that torn ligament, obviously probably affecting him uh, greatly, obviously forced him to go on IR for a bit. So just your thoughts on Elam and if he can – um, get a chance to go on the field again. Yeah, it just goes to show you, I was one of Kyrie Elam's biggest critics in, in the early season, a first-round pick coming out and, and not being able to get a jersey. Didn't look good for him, but this goes to show you that we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. Tearing a ligament in that ankle, certainly a bigger deal than a lot of us probably imagined. Uh, I, I think when he went on IR, a lot of us thought that, or maybe I don't want to speak for anybody else, I know that I thought, that it may have just been a, a case of getting a, a player a chance to take a step back and, and kind of reset. But, yeah, clearly had that injury early in the season. And and I'm sure that that affected his production, a cornerback having to change direction and, and plant on that ankle so often and, and whatnot. I'm sure that made a, a difference for him. I don't think that we'll see him down the stretch here. I think the Bills, barring an injury, I should say, I think the Bills like what they have at that position. Razul Douglas has been an incredible addition for the Bills secondary with Tredavious White going down. He stepped in and taken over that CB1 role and, and done so with flying in, uh, with flying colors. So uh, I, I think they're set at that position right now, uh, and I don't think that they're going to look for Elam to step in anytime soon. And then last thing before we move to Bills Cowboys, Nick Veronica from WIVB tweeted out yesterday, or axed out, I don't know what the heck to call it. I always, say, I always say tweeted too. <laughs> Matariza, in his first comments since being dropped from the rape lawsuit, said players and people from the Bills organization checked on him frequently over the last year. Ariza has continued training and says he's ready for an NFL opportunity. Now, Alex, you know, put the, the Bills have been reaching out to him um, frequently over the last year, like Veronica said in the tweet. Do the Bills pursue that again? I know that, and despite that, I think there is kind of a punter problem going on. I, Sam Martin had a moment this year where he pinned like three or four balls inside the 10 yard line in that one game where he was phenomenal. I really think besides that game, it's kind of been brutal, whether it's hang time and not allowing the coverage to get down there quick enough or just not getting a, a good leg on it. Um, so there might be next year, a little bit of punt, punter controversy going into that season. Do you think that Matt Ariza is a potential candidate to come back for the bills um, after all that's happened? I certainly didn't think so before this recent news, but him not settling with, uh, the complaint in this case and uh, really moving on from that circumstance, I think opens the door for him not only to return to the NFL, but perhaps the bills. And with that report that he has had conversations with the bills throughout this entire time, uh, certainly points things in that direction that that could be an opportunity for him. But I, I don't know if you're asking me right now or, or in the off season, Oh, not right now. I think yeah. it's. I think that's like, like I said. I think that's the next. Right. Like Sam right. Martin's here, bro. Like right. you know what I mean. Sam Martin's here here to stay. Right, right. It's, at this point of the season, yeah, I don't think there's any chance. But, but yeah, perhaps in the off season with with Sam Martin's performance this season, 
leaving plenty to be desired. I, I think the Bills are going to look for a new punter. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of who. And, and with, with this uh, situation with Ariza kind of getting cleared up, uh, perhaps we will see him step back into that role with the Bills. Alex Brasky from Batavia Daily News. We are now moving to the uh, Bills vs. Cowboys preview. It'll be about 10 minutes here. I just want to say thank you for anyone who's listening on audio uh, right now. You're probably listening to it Thursday evening, Thursday night, or sometime this weekend. So, again, I greatly appreciate all the listens. Please share, like, whatever you whatever you uh, want to do to help spread Asia's analysis. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. So, let's, let's start this Bills vs. Cowboys preview. I'll, I want to start with this and preface – this conversation with this, a lot of people are not a lot. I'm again, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I've seen it a lot on Twitter that this it's a must win game. And, and this is a really big game for the bills. And they need this one. It, quite frankly, it's, it's, if they're going to drop a game, um, this is the game they're going to lose, or the, this is the game that they can lose. Sorry. Uh, their odds to make the playoffs are still at 83% with a loss to the Cowboys, according to the New York times model. So again, an NFC opponent with the Dolphins schedule, uh, especially with the, all these other AFC teams reeling the CJ Stroud injury, um, there's a lot of teams in that in that seven and six range that are having facing a lot of you know backup quarterback situations, losing key players. Uh, the Browns just put their stud safety Delpit on IR. They've faced a lot of injuries this year, so there's a lot of injuries going on around the AFC. It feels like kind of the the AFC is kind of catching up to the Bills in terms of that aspect. Um, so again, I don't think this is a must win game. I will say it's a big one if you want the division because now you're kind of banking on the Dolphins losing two of the last three to have a shot at it. But I don't think this is a must win in terms of if you lose this one, the playoffs are out of the question. I, th- I still think there's a real a real realistic po- po- possibility that the Bills are able to sneak in. Listening to Cowboys coverage this week, um, they're saying that this is the best roster that they've had in over 20 years. Uh, the team feels different. Um, the Eagles – Cool stat. The Eagles had scored an offensive touchdown in over 100 games. I think it was like 104, 105, something like that. Uh, that streak came to an end against Dallas, Dallas on Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys won 33-13. to 13. I don't know if you caught any of that game, but if you did, just give me your overall thoughts on the Cowboys trending into this one. Yeah, they've been incredible uh, this this year, except for on the road, as I mentioned before. Five straight wins coming into this game, scoring over 40 points in three of those wins, scoring over 30 points in all five of those victories. Uh, And and some of those wins have been quality wins over Seattle and Philadelphia the last two weeks. Three wins before that against Washington, Carolina, and New York. Not as impressive, but Dak Prescott, as we talked about before, has, has probably been the best quarterback in the league at least over the last five to eight weeks. His stats have been incredible. I already rattled them off. And he's really been the reason why this Cowboys team has taken a step forward. And and, and I consider the Cowboys to be the best team, not only in the NFC, but I, I think in the NFL right now. They're, they're certainly the hottest team. They're playing well on both sides of the ball. They did allow 35 points to the Seahawks. But other than that, uh, they hadn't allowed over 25 points all year. So... Uh, this, or excuse me, against against the Eagles and 49ers. So in, in their wins, really, really allowing limited points uh, are the Cowboys. But their secondary in, in Deron Bland uh, has been incredible with all the pick sixes. And Stephon Gilmore, the former Buffalo Bill, putting his age aside and performing well, shutting down A.J. Brown against the Eagles and, and really being impressive. We'll see how he matches up with Stephon Diggs and, and how that, 
duo at the cornerback position works out for the Cowboys. And, and Micah Parsons, uh, he, he's he's probably the best athlete in the NFL, or, or one of them at least, and and he is just a force on that defensive line. They they kind of move him around a little bit, try to match him up with with, with advantageous uh, matchups there. So uh, we'll see how the Bills can solve this Cowboys defense and, and perhaps slow down Dak Prescott. It's going to be a titanic matchup here with the Bills surging and the Cowboys continuing to play well as they have all season. Yeah, C.D. Lamb's having a special season. 96 catches, catches 1,253 yards and eight touchdowns. A couple other role players for the Cowboys I want to mention that when I was listening this week to Cowboys stuff, they were talking about Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup have filled a really good role. That I think Cowboys fans, they've kind of found a uh, a spot for Gallup to kind of have a role on this team, and they kind of understand that now, which they've had trouble with in the past. Jalen Tolbert, again, he had zero catches last week, but like a Khalil Shakir, Shakir who got on the field because of his blocking in the run game this year, he was one of the best blockers per PFF, and now that's kind of translated to the receiving game. Jalen Tolbert's a guy that's willing to block and does a really good job of that for the Cowboys, and he's someone that helped greatly in that Cowboys game, Cowboys-Eagles game. Jake Ferguson, the tight end, had a big play in that game as well. He's really coming on. I thought they've done a really good job of replacing Dalton Schultz, who's over in Houston with C.J. Stroud having a good season. Defensively, I think that, the like you said, going through the secondary, Stephon Gilmore, they were saying that he had his best game as a Cowboy last week. Again, they got him for apples, a fifth or sixth round pick. I, I don't quite remember exactly. But again, a, a day three pick for a guy that's really coming into his own this year with them. Locked down A.J. Brown, who made some comments that he was old. So I think there was some inspired uh, football being played from Gilmore in that one. Deron Bland, like you mentioned, five pick sixes this year. And then Deron Curse, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, their safety trio that they kind of utilize. Really good tacklers, really good at tackling. They did a really good job against the Eagles, who pride themselves on yards after catch. So the, the Cowboys were really able to tackle uh, and get vertical to uh, you know stop the Cow Eagles from scoring one offensive touchdown all game. Some quick offensive stats. Total offense, Dallas, 381 and a half yards a game. That's fourth in the NFL. Buffalo, 378.9 yards a game. That's fifth. Passing-wise, Dallas is second in the NFL with 262.8 yards. Buffalo, 256.9. Rushing, Buffalo, 122 yards a game at 10th. And the Dallas right behind them with 118.6 yards a game at 11th. Scoring-wise, Cowboys, like you said, Alex, best scoring offensive football. They average 32.4 points a game. Buffalo at 26.8. Then defensively, um, again, the Cowboys have done a really good job. Fourth in points per game at 17.9 allowed, and Buffalo at 18.8. So this is a good matchup, two really good teams. Alex, I want to ask you the question, what do the Bills need to do to win this game? They got to slow down the Dak Prescott-CD Lamb connection. It's been incredible. Uh, CD Lamb, uh, you mentioned it, and, and, and Dak Prescott stats and the scoring stats that this Cowboys offense has, has put up, and it's really been a product of Prescott connecting with with Lamb, and that really has set the stage for all their other weapons to come into focus. Tony Pollard's had a good year. You mentioned Ferguson and Cooks having uh, quality years as well, and and the list goes on for this offense, and uh, Mike McCarthy's done a good job. I think Mike McCarthy, he's one of those coaches in this league that every time that something goes wrong with a Mike McCarthy coach team, he gets ripped, but every time a Mike McCarthy coach team does well, he gets none of the credit. I think you need to give Mike McCarthy his flowers in this case. He has his team clicking on all cylinders, and, and, and they've just been incredibly impressive offensively. 
Uh, and on the other side of the ball, you got to slow down uh, Parsons in, in the Cowboys pass rush. Not only Parsons, you have Demarcus Lawrence, who's had a good year. Uh, so there, there's more to that pass rush than Parsons. And you really have to do a good job up front in protection and maybe leaving in an extra blocker to chip Parsons or whoever lines up on the outside against Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown. Yeah, quick Cowboys home versus road splits, courtesy of Peter DiBiase on Twitter. At home, the Cowboys, they're 7-0, average 39.9 points per game and allow 15.4. But on the road, different story. Six games, they're 3-3, three and three, uh, scoring only 23.7 points per game. So about a 15, 16-point drop-off um, home versus the road. And they allow tr- almost 21 points per game. So, again, six more points per game they're allowing. So, like you said earlier, Alex, they're, they have been a team this year that have, has done really well at home. But on the road, it's a whole different story. All right. Before we go, I want to end with this hot take because I always do it. I want a hot take from you right on the spot and then a prediction. Ooh, hot take. Sean McDermott's a top five coach in the NFL. I think the the criticism lobbed at him over the past couple of years, not unfounded. He's certainly had his slip-ups in, in, in big game scenarios and in clutch moments. His game management is left a bit to be desired at moments. But when you look at the grand scheme of, of, of what he's done for this franchise and, and how he led his team through that season last year and how he has his team still afloat this year after all the, the tough losses and whatnot that's gone on, and, and you heard the players have his back after that game, I think he has the pulse of this locker room, and, and I think he's done such a good job with this franchise. If you're, if you're to ask me for a hot take, Sean McDermott, five, top five coach in the league. And then do you have a prediction for this one? I haven't worked out the numbers yet, but I guess I'll do it right now on the fly. As I was reviewing their schedule live with you right now, I noticed that all three of their losses, they've allowed over that that 25-point barrier, really over 28 points or more. Uh, So so give me the Bills to win this one. I'll take 31-27 to Buffalo. Uh, in a high-scoring game, they're they're going to have to outdo Prescott. Maybe a turnover late turns the tide, and and uh, give me give me the Bills to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. I think they're surging. Um, I think the Bills again. The Ajapanis injury is going to hurt. Micah Hyde not being out there will be a factor. Um, and again, I, I think I've I picked the Chiefs last week on the Bills one. I pick I'm picking the Cowboys again this week. Maybe the, the Bills can do it again and and prove me wrong here. But I think the Cowboys are the better football team. I, I think they're coming into this one again, like you said, Alex, on fire. They're hot. They're coming off a big Eagles win. Now, I will say they have a tough stretch of games coming up. Um, so, again, they could – if there's a game they could drop, it's this one. Um, but I, I'm going to have a 27-26, a very close game. So, I, I do think the Cowboys do enough. But, again, with Josh Allen, there's always a chance. And I think this Bills team, if they can win this one, I mean, man, dude, like looking at – sitting there at eight and six – talking about it you know moving forward it's going to be a, a crazy finish here but alex i want to thank you for coming on today let the people know where they can find you and what you're about yeah just follow me at alex brasky you can also follow the daily news the batavia daily news that is on various social media channels the livingston county news and, and bill's digest as well bill's digest will come out with a season review uh postseason and if they are to make the playoffs the bills that is will come out with some preview uh, issues online that you can access as well. I'll have a link posted uh, to my social media to subscribe to Bill's Digest. You can also find that 
on the Bills Digest Twitter page or X page, I should say. So a lot going on with the Bills and a lot going on at the Batavia Daily and Livingston County News. So exciting time of year uh, to be a, a guy covering sports. Yeah, go and check him out on X. He does a great job over there. You can find me at AJ Sabalski over on X as well. Um, I do whatever I'm, whatever I'm, uh, I don't know. I do, I do, I talk about a lot. Yeah, I do what I do. So again, I really appreciate uh, all of the listens. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Ages Analysis. I will see you next week for the sake of Bills Mafia. I hope it is a uh, a Bills win and the Bills, we're talking about an eight and six football team that again is going up against a Chargers team that will be without Justin Herbert for the rest of the way or a seven and seven football team. Again, which I said earlier in the show, still good playoff chances if they can control what they can control. Again, thank you all for listening and I will see everybody next week.